All right, we come again to our generous living portion of the evening service. Remember, we've been going through 2 Corinthians 8. We're going to tip our toe into chapter 9 tonight as well in your workbook on page 19 if you want to take a note. Now, remember, Paul is motivating the church at Corinth to be more generous. Ironically, this was an affluent church. This was a seaport city. These were people of means, but he recognized that their unwillingness to obey the Lord, to follow through with the commitment they'd made in an area of giving, it evidenced a weakness in their spiritual growth and development. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Now, we actually talked about this verse our first night, Monday night, but I'm coming back to it to highlight a different part. Notice what I've underscored. They gave according to the will of God. Now that brings us to our next principle. If you've been counting, you would say, well, wait a minute, I thought we're up to four. Well, because we're doing two testimony services Sunday morning, I'm going to go ahead and skip to living giving principle five. It goes like this, giving must be according to the will of God. Giving must be according to to the will of God. That's why when someone comes to me and says, hey, Greg, what should I give? I can't answer that question because I don't know God's will for your life. That's your responsibility to pray and to seek God's will for your life. Looking into chapter 9, again, where this theme of generosity continues, verse 7, probably one of the most well-known verses in Scripture regarding giving. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now let me unpack that, several principles. Number one, each one must give. Giving is not an option. There are those who are blessed with the gift of giving. They have typically the, the desire and the capacity to give in a greater way. But we're all under divine command here. We want to put the generous heart of God on display. Each one must give. Second phrase, as he's decided in his heart. Now, in the entire New Testament, this is the only use of this word in the original language translated here, decided. It's an important word. It, it, it describes a person who has come to a decision, but only after serious deliberation. In other words, we can't be flippant about giving. It's not just whatever bills in our wallet that day that we drop in the offering plate. The scripture would say that we have to take this seriously. God takes giving seriously. So seriously, he gave his one and only son. We need to take giving seriously. And again, because I'm married, my wife and I come to that decision together. When our children were in our homes, we included them in this decision-making process as well. When giving opportunities came along, parents, here's a great coaching tip for you. Wanting to cultivate in your children a generous heart. Include them in these decisions about giving. Let them participate. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. I hope you're catching this vision of giving as an adventure. 
It's a privilege. It's an opportunity. God's inviting us to partner with him in this great work of building up the kingdom of God. I'm not grieving because I'm giving away money that I might have enjoyed a luxury vacation. I'm not grieving because I'm giving away money that I might have used to buy a new car. I am excited about what God is inviting me to do, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, the old country preacher used to say, the good book says God loveth a cheerful giver, but he'll taketh from a grouch. That may be the case, but still, just think with me about this statement. God loves a cheerful giver. Isn't that a duh statement? Don't we teach and believe that God loves everyone? And yet here, God loves a cheerful giver. I think the scripture is saying there is a special affection that God has for those whose hearts have become like his, full of generosity. Have you studied what the word of God has to say in relation to your giving? I hope you're seeing in these brief messages each night. We're looking at just the tip of the iceberg of all the scripture says. Thousands of verses that address this matter of giving. If you've never made it a point of personal study, you need to do that. Are there any principles of God's word that you may be violating in your giving? Uh, let me highlight one. I pull it from Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty, your bats will be bursting with wine. All right, just for clarification, I have no barns or vats, all right? But there's a principle here. Obviously, this was given in an agrarian economy. And here's the principle. We honor God when we give to God first. You give God the first fruits. In those days, you have 100 bushels of wheat. That was your harvest. That's what your family's going to live on to the next harvest, but the first 10 bushels that go to the Lord. Uh, 10 new lambs. Your family's dependent upon those lambs, but the first lamb goes to the Lord. What's the opposite of giving to God first? Giving God out of our leftovers. Let's say that uh, Patty and I invited you to the trailer tomorrow night to enjoy dinner with us. Now, you can't all come at once. I can only take two at a time. I have a little table with four little chairs. And we sit down, and we're enjoying our meal together. And you comment, this is a delicious meal. And I say, yes, my wife's a great cook. And by the way, it was even better when we had it last night. Now, what have I just admitted to you? We're eating leftovers. I'm a weird guy. I don't mind leftovers. But if I really wanted to honor a guest, I wouldn't serve him or her leftovers. And yet, how often... Do we get to the end of the month, spend everything that we want to spend on us, and very little left over for the Lord? Are you willing to obey any direction from God in relation to your giving? Echoing our Sunday morning phrase, saying yes, saying yes to God. Are you willing to obey any direction from God in regard to giving? Let me ask this, has there ever been a point in your past where God prompted you to give and you were not obedient? In a sense, you're still living in that disobedience. Sometimes we've got to go backwards and settle a matter before we can move on with the Lord. We had a team that was leading a conference in Iowa. 
One afternoon, there was a knock on the door of the trailer of one of the revivalists, and he opened the door, and a woman was there, and she said, are you with Life Action? He said, yes, and she said, can I talk to you? And I said, uh, uh, he said, sure, and he stepped down, and they began a conversation there in the parking lot. And she said, uh, we used to attend this church, we don't anymore, but when we were here before, you had a team that came through, and God just used your ministry in such an impactful way. Our marriage and, and the way we were parenting our children has changed, and we were just so thankful. And God prompted us to give, but we were struggling some financially, and we just didn't. And now I heard you're back, and I needed to bring my obedience up to date. So can I give you an offering envelope with our love gift in it, and would you pass that on to the revival offering and that Revivalist said, I would be thrilled to do that. She understood that she had to bring her giving up to date before she could continue to go forward with the Lord. 